This is Phoenix FM. Naughty boys in nasty schools and masters breaking all the rules. Having fun and playing fools, smashing up the woodwork All the teachers in the pub, passing man already rough. Trying not to think of when the lunchtime bell will ring again. Oh, what fun we had, right did it really turn out bad? All I learned at school was how to spend not break the rules.
Ridges, I hope you have had an outstanding week. And as always, the weekend can start now. And my lovely listener, as well as some pretty awesome music, I have got the most incredible guests, and I'll tell you all about them after this one.
lovely calming song, George Michael, Jesus to a Child, especially for my wonderful guest who we're going to be chatting to later on, uh, the very wonderful, inspirational Fiona Oaks. Lots of great music this evening. Do drop me a line if you want to. You can find me radio at phoenixfm.com. It is 6.15. It's been a funny old day today, hasn't it? Bit of rain, bit of sunshine, but this evening looks pretty fantastic. This one goes out to my great friend, Tim Barford, who's had a wonderful day, and I'm so pleased. Um, And I love this one as well. This is The Cure, Friday, I'm in love.
Did we like that one, ladies? Yeah. Yeah, we had to think about it. Well, girl power. It is girl power. It is girl power this evening. We're doing a Facebook Live as well. And I haven't brushed my hair. This is like my worst nightmare. Um, Thank you for listening to me. Karen Ridges here on the House of Fun. And as always, I bring you the best guests ever. And tonight, there's just three of us ladies. We're just hanging out, we're chilling. We've got something in common, our love for animals, our love for Essex, our love for the radio. 
Oh, look at that. And even a f the phone is ringing. It's all going wild. And also we're three vegans as well who are passionate about being vegan. Welcome into the studio. We have the one and only world record breaking Fiona Oates. Yay! In the house. And the equally as fabulous fitness as well. Animal loving. Don't pull that face. Mm. Annie Connolly. Look at Annie sitting there having a laugh. So welcome to both of you. Let's really get those microphones absolutely so close because we're going to hang on to your every word. Now, I know for both of you, you've had a really hectic week. So I'm very thankful that you've taken the time to come in. Um, one day I'm going to buy a selfie stick because <laughs> I, it is just so unprofessional, me holding up my arm and then I get a dead arm filming um, live on the air. Um, you've had a hectic week. It's been a hectic month. In fact, I think it's been a hectic 45 years for Fiona Rice, <laughs> who just is an incredible lady. Um, I want you both to introduce yourself, say a little bit about yourself, um, and then I'm going to ask Fiona a question. So, Annie, do, Annie, do you want to just kick it off, my lovely, and tell everybody about you? Tell my lovely listener who you are. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and she's looking beautiful really. as well in a wonderful dress. We will tweet photos later. I never wear dresses neither. And they suit you very well. Oh, thanks. Well. I yeah. can't remember the last time I wore a dress, but it's so hot. It's roasting, isn't it? And I couldn't bear to put anything on after I've been to the gym. Well, well I'm glad you put something on, on. <laughs> Annie. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, so I had to put a dress on. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm Annie Connolly. Uh, I don't even really know what else to say. Um... I am obviously vegan. Yes. I am in the process of setting up my own charity, yeah. Cherry Hills Welfare International. Um, and literally, I will just do anything to do whatever I can to try and help any animal, well, mainly dogs and horses. Mm. Um, and that's about it. And then similarly, I, you know, I was an international athlete until my leg pretty much broke um, quite a few years ago. Um, and so I've carried on with that and I've attempted to try and use, not to the extreme that you have, but obviously I raised quite a lot of money by kayaking the channel and doing all sorts of silly things um, to try and raise money. So literally, I'll just do anything I can. <laughs> I love it. And she's so modest. Both of them are, actually, because they're absolutely outstanding. I love going to the gym. I do. It's my favourite place to be. But I'm like five minutes on the treadmill and then I think to myself, flipping Fiona Oaks and Annie Connolly. They can do it, so why can't I? And I moan about my injury, knee injury, but Fiona Oaks actually has a little bit more than that as well. Fiona, let's big you up and say welcome to Essex again. Because you've been in the studio before. I have, yep. And um, it's four world Records, Four world records, yeah. Four records, yeah. that's in incredible. Extreme, indu well, marathons and half and whatever, yeah. But yeah. Um, I've been vegan for 45 years and very 45 proud of that. 45 years. Yeah. Well, with my 25... Annie? Oh, not very long. Three years? Three, she's just a baby. But your yeah. 45 years, my 25 years, and Annie's three, that means 73 years of vegan. <laughs> 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 experience between us, yeah. yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, vegan since I was so six years old. Um, I do have a disability. I've got a very, very bad knee injury, which means I've got no kneecap, which uh, was told ridiculous. that I would never walk again properly, let alone <gasps> run. Um, I have an animal sanctuary, which I started um, 
over 25 years ago, which cares for, at the moment, 500 rescued animals um, and countless more over the years. And I've got the world records in, in marathon running. And um, I, use, I do that to promote veganism. That's why I run. I don't consider myself a runner. I'm just a player model of um, running. To, to Marathon and be as good as I can for the animals to, to get the message out there. Well, I am so blessed to be hanging out with two of my most favourite people, two absolute inspirational vegan ladies as well that do the most wonderful work. So we're going to hang out with them this evening and find out lots more as well. Um, now, we're always upbeat. We're po positive, bubbly on the House of Fun because it's Friday and we want to have a good laugh. I know we're going to talk about some tough things tonight, Fiona. We yep. want to tell and inspire um, all of Essex and online um, and tell them this, your story. Um, I want to kick it off with talking about films. Yeah, we're Because, about you know, we love a good film here, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We love, there's some really incredible documentaries mm. coming out about veganism. I mean, 45 years ago. Oh, it was unheard There of was nothing. Was 25 years. I'm like nothing. one of those really old people that go, back in the day, <laughs> there was nothing. But even five but years it was. ago. was. Yeah, there was nothing. And there, there was, was nothing. there's some brilliant films out now. They've yeah. inspired lots of people. Mm. It's really exciting. And you're in a film, Running for Good. Yeah, um, I was contacted um, in 2016 uh, by the film director Keegan Coon, uh, who made Caspiracy and What the Health. And he said that um, Caspiracy was um, his film to bring to light the horrors of animal agriculture. What the Health was um, highlighting the negativity of uh, meat and dairy on the human body. And then he wanted to do a film about positivity, which um, he said, you're the perfect example. You've been vegan so long, you've got the longevity. And with the longevity, I don't think people understand that, for, for say, for the marathon running, uh, with a race, it's not so much how fast you can run a day, it's how, how quickly you can recover. Year in, year out, to be able to train hard enough to actually get the results on the day. Wow. And uh, people are quite shocked when they, they hear what I do for my training. I still do this. And um, that I have never had a running injury. I've never had a running injury. I've had injuries which have affected yeah. my running, like when I went to Marathon de Salbo for the first time in 2012, because I've done that race three times, which is featured in Running for Good. So look, look, look I'm going to pause you, because I know... You know, I want my listener to get every single little gem that you're saying. Mm. You have run the Marathon de Sable three times. Now, the Marathon de Sable is not just running a marathon. You're in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. You have done that three times to raise awareness for veganism and for animals. Yes. And your animal sanctuary. Yeah. In the Sahara Desert. It's brutal. I mean, the <laughs> first brutal. time I went out there, the first time I went out there, it was like, I'd, I'd run really fast marathons. I'd done like top 20s in London marathon. I've got a, a quick marathon PB. I've won loads of races. And then somebody said, if you really want to promote veganism, do the toughest foot race on the planet. The toughest one. And that's the handle Marathon de Sable carries. It certainly did at the time. So um, it was doubly difficult for me because as an ethical vegan, this is in 2012, you haven't got the products like the lightweight sleeping bags. I mean, my sleeping bag was the sleeping bag that, you know, the army surplus sleeping bag. It weighed about a kilo and took up this massive pack, which no. was almost bigger than me. Then you haven't got the extreme foods that are lightweight. So you've got like a problem. I'm carrying a lot too much weight, overweight in this race. And um, we, when we set the sanctuary up, it was always the idea that Martin would go to work 
to pay for the animals. We didn't set up a sanctuary. We set up a place of sanctuary for the animals we had already rescued because one had had an accident. And we couldn't allow the horses to be kept in the custody of people we didn't trust basically anymore. So we wanted a place that we could rescue to have them there ourselves. So he was at work and literally we were playing tag. When he walked in from work on the Thursday night, I went to the Maris and the Sable. But unfortunately, on the Tuesday before the race, I was at the sanctuary alone and one of my horses, a horse called Charity, 42-year-old thoroughbred horse, she got cast and I had to get her to her feet quickly because the horses can't be down for long, especially old horses. And I got her up on my own, but in the process, she stepped back and stood on my foot and fractured two of my toes. So now I'm faced going to this toughest foot race on the planet with this huge backpack of 11 kilos. You've basically got round about a marathon a day to trudge. It is, I think the oh, hottest we've had there, nearly 55 God. degree heat. 55, we were moaning about yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. She's running in It's not even running, because you've got the sand dunes, you've got, you've got the terrible terrain. I've got the bad knee and I was told I would never run. I kind of can run on the road, flat, straight. But I'm thinking, how am I gonna get up and down these sand dunes? Because the one thing I can't do is I can't run downhill. Anyway, and I've got now these two fractured toes to go. Yeah. Um, so I, I, everybody knows that by the long stage, which was about 80, 90K that year, I have the, I've got like, I took the bandaging, makeshift bandaging, because I didn't show the race doctors the state of my foot by this point. Oh no, And you could see would have said It's a pull out, pull out, it's oh. dangerous. It, you could see the bone sticking out of my little no, toe. No, shut up. Yeah, and I kept going, and I kept going because I was going to be the first vegan woman ethically vegan woman to complete this race and you're getting messages of support around the world you know come on the vegan lady and um i couldn't like pull out because everybody knows that i wouldn't have pulled out in most people's mind's eye because i've got broken toes it's oh because she's vegan and she's probably got brittle bones and they probably you know what i mean some kind of thing so you've got all the pressure on you to complete this race oh and i did it and um but i did it um I did it, it's like, I rescued a lady during that race. She was having a really hard time and she had to pull out and I effected a rescue. So the race said, basically it's compassion over competition, this race. You can have a place next year and hopefully come back without broken toes, if you like. But I didn't because that's when I went to the North Pole instead and did the cold races. And indeed, when I went back to the 2014 Marathon de Sable, I did go back without broken toes. And I arrived back there and, um, it was horrendous because in 2012, one of the guys in my tent had said, you'll never believe it. Some guy who's, who did the race last year, he'd, uh, he pulled out this year. It w- and I said, why would you do that? You know, because everybody wants to finish. And then when I got back, he'd done it before and he pulled out. Um, I, I remembered why you would pull out. It's so brutal. You remember what you're letting yourself oh, in for. But I was running gosh. really well and I was coming placed in, in the stages. And then one of the guys in my tent, um, he had leukemia. No. Yeah, and he was trying to do it with leukemia. A guy called Mark Julien, and um, he came back to the uh, checkpoint on the last, on the second stage, and he said, "I'm going to have to pull out of this race, Fiona." And bear in mind, my stages were taking me about four hours. He was taking about eleven hours because of his <gasps> condition. Oh. And he said, "Even if I can get." to the finish line tomorrow, which was another basic marathon stage. He said, I'm never gonna get through the long stage. And that's where I think as a vegan, we must be very crucial to point out to people, we don't 
hate people. We God, love no, people. Absolutely. We love people, yes. all living creatures. Yes, yes. And that time I said to him, yes. Mike, if you can finish tomorrow and you still want to do the long stage, I'll chuck my race away and do it with you. <gasps> and I did. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was out there with a, a, a lovely girl, a barrister um, called Vicky, and we were out there trudging for about 20-odd hours to get Mike through this stage. But we did it. He I came through it. it, and he finished the race. And that's what it is. It's about compassion over competition. All my races have been about like that. It's about compassion for the animals, compassion. And he wanted to show other people with cancer they've got hope. Oh. They've got hope. And taking that hope away from him in that race would be taking it away from the people who were following him. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to help him finish. And that's what vegans do. We do, we do it for the, we do it for the, that's what veganism is about. It's about ethics. It's about bringing a new ideal, having a new way of thinking, a new way of speaking, but a new way of delivering to the table. That's what's important. That's what I've tried to do with my life. I went vegan when I was six years old because simply, I didn't take to my mum, who, who were meat eaters. My dad was a striking miner. My mum was a nurse. I didn't, I didn't even know what the word vegan was. I just knew it was wrong to harm animals. And if you stick with that basic, Basic principle. Everything else follows. Climate change, yeah. humanity, it all. The crucial thing is the animal agriculture. Take that out of the equation and the remedies are there. They're right in front of you. Oh, and Fiona, for me, it's, just, it's, it's just ordinary. I'm nothing. I don't even consider myself to be a runner. I, you know, I'm just somebody applying a model. And people say, well, hang on a minute. You were told you couldn't walk properly when you were like a teenager. You had all these surgeries. Now you're out. Why marathon running? It's a simple thing. Back in the noughties, early noughties, before social media, how did you get your message out there? Mm. How did you do that? Absolutely. You couldn't, there wasn't any way. You had to use the mainstream media and you had to do something positive or something negative. And my life is not about negativity, it's about positivity. Absolutely. So the only thing I've basically got, I'm not the brain of Britain, but I am athletic, I'm good at sport. And I thought, well, the only sport, especially women's sport, that anyone was interested in at that time was the marathon because Paula Radcliffe was doing so well in it. Yeah. She'd got the platform. If I could just complete a marathon or do, do a marathon, get round a marathon was the, the idea, then it shows that it's not prohibitive of veganism. I don't even think about the disability. It's prohibitive to nothing. And it, it is a pretty extreme event because actually people forget that it was the first marathon in the Olympics that women were allowed to run was only 1984. 1984? Yeah, before that, it was considered too tough an event for a woman. No. So that was the ethic. I better get good at marathon running. Bit broad northern Derbyshire. I better get good at marathon running. That was it. And then I got, I, you know, I got good. I, I got as good as I could possibly be. And I got a limp. You can see in the film running for good. I limp when I run. I'm in pain when I run. But I'm not in as much pain as those that I'm running for. And I'm running for the animals. I run like it's life or death but it's their life or death. I don't know if anybody see, sees the vegan runner jersey out there. All I know is that in 2004, when I was getting these results and I was invited to Elite Starts, at that time, we were running for a vegetarian cycling and athletic club. There were no vegan runners. Wow. And at that time, people was, you know, a guy, Peter Simpson, who was also in the VCAC, said to me, look, you're going to be on the start. You're going to stand next to Paula Radcliffe in the London Marathon, right out the front. So whether people think, whatever they think about veganism, they're going to see your vest. 
standing on that elite start. You're going to set off 45 minutes before the main field and you're going to run through the streets of London and people are going to see you. Let's start Vegan Runners. And that's when we started oh. Vegan Runners back in 2004. We were promoting veganism through sport. We're now the biggest by membership running club in the UK. We've got runners of all abilities now. We can go on mass takeover starts. That's proactive veganism. It's probably the best form of accidental activism there has ever been. Positive activism through sport. People out there being compassionate towards animals and showing it can be done, advertising veganism in a positive way. There are lots of ways a, 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 people say to me, oh, I'm not suggesting that people take my life as a model and think, right, better go out and get a pair of running shoes and run marathons and have an animal sanctuary. There's loads of effective ways of doing it. It doesn't have to be. I'm just saying it can be done. You don't have to look. Veganism isn't about how you look. It's how you behave, how you think, how you believe. That's what veganism is about. They come in all shapes and sizes and ages and colours and creeds. It doesn't matter. We need to be unified in this, not fighting and backstabbing and factionalising. We need to be unified in what we do and join together as a force for the greater good. But for me, it's always all been about the animals. It has. I know. It's always been about the animals. And your passion is absolutely incredible, Fiona. <laughs> We're going to talk more about the animal sanctuary as well. Um, we are doing a Facebook Live, so if you are seeing and hearing, um, if you're watching, then come over to phoenixfm.com. If you're listening out there on phoenixfm.com already or 98FM, driving around in your car, whatever, and you want to come and see Fiona and Annie, it will all be on the Listen Again link as well. Um, I want to talk about Running For Good. How can everybody go and see the film? How can they find out more about Running For Good? Well, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, Keegan's been trying, he hoped with the, um, the success that Cowspiracy and what the health had, he would get it onto a, a bigger platform. That was the dream because we always realised that it's going to be difficult to sell it commercially because we don't have the huge backing that you need to promote things. I mean, that's the thing with me and the sanctuary. I, we run the sanctuary on a very, very great shoestring. Everything, it's 100% for the animals, maximising everything for the animals. And so budgets are very important. See, I hadn't realised this with the, with the social media. You need to promote things. You need to constantly be on there. I get up at half past three in the morning and I look after animals and I run. I don't get a lot of time to walk in with a selfie stick and say, hang on a minute, cows, just pose for me because I'm going to do this. I don't get a lot of time for that. Um, so Keegan had hoped that the vegan community would share it out, but even then it's quite difficult to get, you know, that connectivity. Um, so you can watch it on Amazon Prime or you can, I think you can download it or there's DVDs. But it's just about, we hope that it would give a platform, not just for the sanctuary, but for the message, the true message of veganism. And also the long, the, you know, people say, well, you know, okay, I mean, I get a lot of people come over to me and say, it's okay, my daughter won, when I won the Halstead Marathon actually, um, I broke the course record which has never been touched since, and uh, my mum was waiting for me at the finish, and she got talking to the Lady Mayoress, and she said, oh, uh, my daughter, she's, she would like to go vegetarian, vegan, but I'm, I'm very, very worried about it. And she said, how long has your daughter been vegan? Because I was out the front of the field, kind of lapping the men. And uh, she's, my mum said, um, 
practically all her life. And when she presented me with the trophy for winning the race, she said, I was worried, but now I'm not. I, I see you're the living proof of it. You've got the longevity, you've got the sustainability. So people might say, ah, oh, it's all right being vegan today, but what are you going to be like when you're so-and-so? So this is what you're going to be like. This is what you're going to be like when you're 52. You know, you're going to be out there and, and running in desert races. And I've got a leap place on the Berlin Marathon, which I intend to wear a cow suit for. And why do I want to wear a cow suit on the elite start of the Berlin Marathon? I want people to ask me why you've got that cow suit on. So I can then gently introduce them to the horrors of the dairy industry. That's what the running is all about. That's what I'm all about. I'm not about confrontation. I'm not about anything like that. I don't want to challenge. I just want to get on with what I'm doing in a positive way because negativity breeds negativity and aggression breeds more aggression we ha don't have time or energy for that in my life i want my life for the animals that's what I, I that's a conduit for the animals that's all i want to do it's all i ever have wanted to do fiona you're absolutely mind-blowing love everything that you've said hanging on your every word as always and you know you and i We've known each other mm. for probably nearly 20 years. Mm. And I remember, and I said it last time you come on the show, just sitting there in the animal sanctuary, you and I were sitting next to mm. each other on the floor, and you said to me, I don't even like running. Yeah. <laughs> I know? don't, I And I, I was like, you know, talking about food, and you were like, yeah, I eat whatever. You yeah. know, it is just, yeah. you know, you're just so inspirational. You are so... Um, you just put the animals first. You're so selfless. I've never met anyone like you. Well, I know when I went, I've been very, very... Obviously, with the rewards of my running, I've been invited to like be on the elite starts of some of the big races. And I love Haile Gabriel Selassie when he was running. He was always a true gentleman. In 2005, I spent a lot of time with him before the Amsterdam Marathon. Even though he was going for a world record, he spent the evening with me on a Friday. And he said, you know, very much we are alike with our running. And I thought, mm, you're kind of like half an hour and three quarters faster than me. We're not that much alike. And <laughs> He said, um, no, he, he said he does it for a reason. He, at that point, he hadn't got to move up to the marathon. He could have retired. But there were so many people in Ethiopia who depend on him for their <gasps> livelihood that he felt compelled to go out there. Not just go out there, but the edge that he had was so many others were depending on him to do well. And it gave him that extra little bit of determination and drive to do the training. I mean, my training has not been easy because when I first looked for a coach, everybody said no, because you're a vegan and whatever we put into you with terms of time and energy, your diet is going to just negate it. You're not going to do well as a vegan athlete. You're just not going to do it. You can't sustain it on of plant-based diet, you never will. So I thought, well, the diet is why I'm out there. The veganism is why I'm out there. So I'm gonna have to go it alone. And I did go it alone by trial, loads of trials and loads of errors, but I got there. And it's, for me, it is a bit embarrassing because people ask me what I eat. I only eat one meal a day. And uh, yeah, because I don't have time for anything else. And people say, oh, that's really, weird. and it was when I was in, I was at an IAAF conference in OMS doing, I was doing a marathon out there with all the Kenyan athletes and they, the race to put a big dinner on for us all. And um, lunch rather. And one of the Kenyan athletes coaches said, are you, are you coming to the lunch? And I said, oh, I don't eat lunch. And he said, oh, why is that? And I told him, I said, it just suits my lifestyle. And obviously it's rather, um, I have never had any help with my running. I've never had a coach, I've never had a physio, I've never had anything like that. And all my clothes are from charity shops, apart from my shoes, obviously, which I do have to pay attention to. And um, he said, um, oh, he said, that's very, yeah, the warrior diet. And I went, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> and he said, oh yeah, a lot of the Kenyans do that. It's about denial. So your body gets used to working on the extremes when you're training. And I'm going, oh, 
oh, oh yes, I, I'm on the warrior diet. Yes, that, that, that's it, the warrior diet. Yes, I'm really on trend with the warrior diet. But with the training, I have to pay attention to the really things that nobody else wants to talk about. So, for instance, I eat one meal a day because whatever goes in, it's also got to come out. And the last yes. thing you want, you want to know when it's going to come out kind of thing. So you don't yeah. want to be, you can be as quick as you like and prepared as you like for a marathon. But if you get in the middle of a race and you suddenly think, oh, toilet break, you're not going to run a, a, your fastest time. So I've had to kind of get them small, free gains. And I've worked out how to do it and how it suits me. But we live on whatever's cheap. My dad grows a lot of vegetables and whatever people give us and donate as I cook bad bits off. My mum makes it into something. But you know what? I spoke to a lot of the top runners, and I've even spoken to Elliot Kupchoge, and he said when he wants to put himself in real hard line mode, he'll go back to what he knew as he was growing up, which was hardship. You know, and I think it, I kind of say, you know, when, when, when you, you say you get these footballers on tremendous salaries, uh, how can you get out, leave a 15 million pound home and get into a half million pound car and go and train with the same want as somebody who's got nothing? Do you know what I mean? How can yes. you put yourself into that bracket? And it's the way I train, the want, is the reason behind the way yeah. I'm out there. Yeah. Not the fact that I'm out there. Not, I've got no ability. I'm rubbish. I'm rubbish at running. I've got no talent. I limp along. <laughs> no. But it's, it's the what drives me it's through the hardships. It's, it's that if it can be of any use to yeah. any animal anywhere and encourage people to take this message on board, this pure and simple vegan message. I go, I'm not trying to sell anyone anything. I haven't no, got loads of, of products. Yeah. When people say, you know, endorsing, they've got the bars and they're smooth and their shakes. I haven't got any of that. I've got a message for that individual to take away and hopefully listen to and use in their way. I'm not telling them how to live their lives. I'm just hoping that I can influence them in some way to be, I wouldn't say a better person, but consider their lifestyle choices and the impact they have on others. Fiona, I love that. We're going to go over and play some music. We're going to catch our breath. Don't look at the the uh, junk food on the table because Fiona isn't going to be tempted at all by any of that. I've got two outstanding guests with me. The wonderful Fiona Oaks from the Tower Hill Stables um, Sanctuary and you can go and Google and find out more. The film that, that she is in is Running For Good as well. Um, everything will be on the Listen Again link. The wonderful Annie Connolly as well who is particularly um, passionate about saving the animals and the horses in particular in Romania. We're going to be hearing more from Annie as well. Um, and on top of that, some really good music. We're going to go and get a cup of tea. And let's, I think this one's quite appropriate from our lovely friend, Easy V and Truth Bombs. You listen to me, Karen Ridges, with the best guests ever here on the House of Fun on Phoenix FM.
do like that one. Alice DJ, better off alone. You listen to me, Karen Ridges, and I really appreciate your company on this Friday evening. Got two wonderful guests in the house. Woohoo! Annie Connolly, who is fabulous and the equally as utterly amazing Fiona Oaks as well. They're going to be hanging out for the next couple of hours. Thank you for your messages as well. Um, you ladies rock, girl power. Thank you very much, Jane. Uh, Louise Jane Simpson, really appreciate that. Um, Emma Osborne, as always, love you and I miss you, Emma. Where are you? You should be here as well. Um, who's going to supply me with a tripod after watching my wavy film with my arms aching? Mike Helson, hello to you as well. Glad you're enjoying the so show. Sue Peckham, loving the show. Really appreciate that. Um, very happy that special kind of madness are listening in between their um, sound check. John, I hope you might join me one um, Friday evening here on the House of Fun. Hello to Martin Baker. Doug Moore says, Annie, Karen and Fiona, I'm in heaven. Doug, we love you to pieces. Thank you for that. And we will hide any sweets from Percy as well. Um, if we had more Fionas, the world would be a better place. And someone has added as well, Fiona is my hero. We have got more coming from the wonderful four record-breaking um, achievements from the wonderful Fiona Oaks, who also single-handedly looks after 500 animals at an animal sanctuary. We will be hearing more from Annie Connolly and what she's up to with her Romanian horse rescue sanctuary as well. Uh, charity that she's setting up. She gave me a funny look then. Am I setting up a sanctuary as well? Oh, that's news to me um, and we will be talking to them later best guests ever remember to go to phoenixfm.com and go back to the listen again link if you'd like to hear more we're going to be hanging out until eight o'clock the time always flies by it's nearly seven o'clock already so i hope you're having a wonderful friday evening and some lovely old school club classics are heading especially for you everybody
I do like a little bit of old school club classics, and I know you do as well. Um, you listen to me, Karen Ridges. I'm just messing around with this fluffy mic. Um, it seems to have a bit of a life on its own at the moment. But um, hopefully you can hear me, my lovely listener. Thank you for tuning in. I do really appreciate um, your company this evening. Uh, we've done a Facebook Live. You can go over to the Phoenix FM Facebook group as well where you can see that. Um, already it's had hundreds and hundreds of views. Um, so if you do like it, do share it because we are talking about saving animals in particular this evening. So it's a very um, emotive and uh, very important message as well sorry if i sound distracted i'm really sure this microphone has turned around in the wrong way but um that sounds a little bit better oh annie Connolly, she's taking photos and filming god knows what i'm gonna look like i've brushed I've my hair live. a little bit i've gone live she's gone live as well annie Connolly, really lovely to see you again i know you Thank popped you. in before we've got on like a house on fire become very good friends and she is doing amazing work as well. And the world record-breaking Fiona Oaks as well has just taken a little bit of time out from 500 animals that she looks after with her family just down the road in Essex. But I think, you know, can we talk a little bit to Annie first of all while she's filming? Are you able to do several things at once, Annie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm not both, sure. You both. I'm not like Fiona, so I'm not sure I can quite. We know she can. Oh, but no, thanks I'll for try. coming in again. That's okay. And you know, you two have got a lot in common because you've got the sport angle as well. When we were talking earlier off air um, about you running for Great Britain, I mean, you're, you're top of the game, both of you, really. I feel I quite hum humble. But um, was that? an overall good experience is it one that you're pleased that you have in your cv your claim to fame that's because it's, it's incredible a, that's such an interesting question because i think my reply might shock you um no really yeah Gosh. i i i wish i actually had never done it <gasps> It's very contrived, isn't it? And you, yeah. what you see as the end result on the track, or yeah. is very, what well, is very contrived. It's very controlled. You, yeah. you think it's very pure. You think sports very pure, yeah. don't you? And innocent. And when you actually get deep into it, you find it's not <laughs> really. It, it's a, it's yeah. like any business, anything that's big business. When it gets to the top level. We do it for the love of the running or mm. for the what the, the cause we're running for. But higher up, it's not the same. People do it for other reasons. They see financial gain. They see profit, profit in runners. Um, it, it it does leave you quite cynical. I must admit, like Annie, I, I've I've been quite soured by what I've seen, and I've been very lucky, even though they have run without coaches and mm. um, it's probably been beneficial to me you were talking about that earlier that sometimes you can get sucked into this kind of media and kind of control game and you can't get out of it and you end up not having an identity yeah mm. I, I remember um having to go to um if you are in the great britain squad then you get invited to to go for weekends uh, training meetings where you meet the whole squad and you do whatever blah, blah, blah. and one of the lessons that we used to have was on media so it was media training mm. sort of things that you should do shouldn't do, shouldn't do shouldn't say and i once um did get caught out 
with something that I had said. This was a long, long, long time ago. And it was a real, it's as an athlete, you know, you're only, I was only young. Mm. And as an athlete, it's why well, you're very, very sheltered. So you live a very sheltered life. Mm. Um, you're very regimented. You live, you're very, very protected. Mm. Controlled, so, with yeah, 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 completely, and so it means that you you you're a little bit vulnerable, I think, because I, I definitely wasn't worldly wise at all. So you are therefore then left mm. um, in a more vulnerable situation, and 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 that was something I didn't like at all. But then you realise that you were a commodity. Um, mm. And this is my life. This was my dream. This mm. is all I ever wanted to do. Um, but you're replaceable, though, you aren't are you? You are 100% replaceable. The minute mm. you are no longer the best, the minute you are no longer of almost any use, then mm. you're not really, you know. But that I'm, I'm still left with my dream or my shattered dream, mm. my broken dream. I, I had nothing. I was, you know, an international runner. Um, my dream was, you know, to to just be the best. I'm incredibly intrinsically motivated, a hundred percent. There's nothing, you know, there's no other form of motivation for me other than I want to be the best mm. I can possibly be. You know, um, I didn't, the competition side of it, I, I struggled with particular a little bit because I'm actually not competitive, but I just, liked to be the best I could possibly be. And uh, that put and you on the start line yeah, and then you yeah. were suddenly in a competition and the best. Yeah. So, sometimes because with a marathon you kind of racing yourself. Mm. I, I don't know many people even at the top level can say oh yeah I went in at 30k and then I sort of push it. That's for the very very best runners. Yeah. You're racing yourself. Yeah totally. And the distance. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually your own mind you know because you go and you start on the start mm. line and you, you know I, I really annoys me when you see a lot of people sort of saying things like you know um they get you know that's a, that's if you get appearance fees for 100 meters or whatever whatever it might be it's oh that's a lot of money for 9.6 mm. seconds or whatever and it's like when you get on that start line mm. number one jesus it's so you're so it's your life. lucky to be there on the to get on the because mm. you're always you're always on the edge so when you are fit, you're on the edge. You could tip the wrong way. Literally, yeah. you are having to train. You cannot be any fitter. You wow. literally you can only be. go down. There's yeah. only one way, yeah. and it's down. And you can. Yeah. You're training for hundreds of a second, and and it's and it's kind of, you know, it's it's just it's it's so pressurized. It's it's a really strange sort of situation to be in, but it's your whole life. So it's not just those. So in my case, you know, as a 1500 meter runner, it wasn't just for those sort of four minutes something that I was, you know, that is that's not the true representation of me and my life it was day in day, day out. out what time you go to bed what time you eat you define you know, your days everything. by 100%. training there's nothing yeah. else in your mind there is nothing else mm. and and so going back to the original question i'm not sure whether i'm glad that at such a crucial stage of my life growing up that i really because i haven't been able to get out of that I'm mm. still like that now in every area of my life because is I that think, a good thing? No, I don't mm. think so because I'm not. I can't focus on more than one thing. So right now at this particular, I'm a normal person. Mm. I have to have a job. I have to pay for my bills. To be honest, I don't really care about that. You know, I have things I want to do, and I, and this is talking before mm. about being so intrinsically motivated. I've got my new charity that I'm trying to desperately get, mm. you know, established. That's what I want. That's now my new r running goal. That's what mm. I want to do. You know, ch 
Cherry Horse Welfare is everything to me. The Romanian dogs, it's everything to me. But I'm, I'm such a person where if that's all I want to do, I struggle to let anything else in my life in. Mm. And I think it's because I was, and, and I'm a little bit obsessive. And I think that's because it's such a crucial stage mm. of, deve- of my development. I had to be completely and utterly self-absorbed. When you go running, I don't train now um, for the, the same reason a lot of other people do. I can't switch off from doing a full overall analysis. You know, so I'm training away and I'm analysing everything that's going on in my body. It, that's my time to work out what's happening, what's going on, how am I feeling, how's this part of my leg, how's that, whatever. Mm. Completely overly obsessive. And I am sure that that's because as an athlete, mm. and that's one reason why I never made it as well, because psychologically I was, I was, I was too intense. I could never switch off. Mm. I, I never had downtime. I didn't, I, was t- I wanted it too much. So I could, it was, it was, I was too... It cannibalised you. It oh, took over. Totally, See, I'm lucky because I never, I never think about running apart from when I'm doing it. Oh, I'll just, be the one running around the house looking for what resembles a pair of socks, grab them out of the washing machine and up the road in them. They could all, in fact, sometimes they could almost run up the road without me. That's my, and then I get back and then, you know, but it, it kind of, it deflects away from it. But I, I know what it means because coming up to a marathon, so it's because with a marathon you only run two a year maximum. Then you go through the kind of, Psychosomatic. Have I got something wrong with me? Does my foot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't come near me. Oh, you're in a shop (laughs) and somebody sneezes and you run out, practically carrying your goods. I don't want. Don't come near me. If somebody's coming to your house, you haven't got a cold, have you? No. Well, don't come near me then. And it's like before marathons, Martin. I used three weeks taper period. I w- he was coming home from work. I would go and say, "Are you on your way home now?" Right, I'll go and live in the caravan. So I didn't even see him no. because he was at work, and I figured he could be. Br- yeah, well, think about it. You get to a start line with a cold, game over. You you're not going to run, and it's so you, you desperately want it so much because you are looking five months or four months training to deliver on one Sunday morning or one race or a few races at that given time. It's so intense. It it's so, so difficult to do intense. it. Intense, and I think you know my lovely listener and I are just thinking we've got no idea. You know that that's so excessive, mm. and that's what you lived and breathe. What you do live and breathe, yeah. really. Yeah. And it, yeah, but I was lucky. I was I, I was doing it at a later time in my life when I did have other things. It didn't. Mm. I, I just want to be. The, uh, my life is about applying what I'm doing, a model of excellence, or I'll go and do something else sure. to the sanctuary, to the running. I better get good at running. I better do whatever it takes to promote animals. Mm. That's all I want to do. And veganism. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Um, but it's difficult, and um, obviously. It's a hard way to live. It's not a fun way to live. People think it's glamorous. When they see mm. the athletes walk out on the tracks, they think it's glamorous. Yeah. And, and they don't see yeah. everything that goes along. Oh, with no, they don't see what goes like into that, that performance. No. And back to the veganism, they yeah. don't see that what with any of these events, it's the amount of training your body can continue to do, to continue to recover from. To be, You're literally hoping you recover, hoping you don't injured, so you can keep going out there and thrashing yourself. And is that what you felt the same? Yeah, completely. Yeah. It was your, and this is, this is what I was sort of saying about, you're always just on that yeah. edge, you know? Yeah. It's, you, you, you are, to perform the way that, or to give yourself a chance deserve it of all of that effort which is literally every minute of every day one teeny tiny little thing can can mm. blow that out the water 
And there's nothing more devastating than that. Mm. I mean, I remember getting, um, I was at, um, I was trying to qualify for the Worlds. I was at, um, I was, um, at Alexandra Stadium in Birmingham and um, I got my um, the mixture wrong for my um, one of my drinks that I had and I put the wrong amount of scoops in and um, it actually had the opposite effect and it totally dehydrated me. Um, and it meant that on my third lap, which was always my nemesis lap anyway, I was... Done. I had to pull out, and I was on the centre of the track. I couldn't move. I was just, no. I was just absolutely because I was completely dehydrated. Oh and it was only afterwards we realised that, like, why, what, ha what mm. actually happened? But that was one tiny, simple mistake, mm. so easy to make, and the and the effects when you're performing at that mm. level are quite cataclysmic. A, 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 yeah, mm. it, it's everything's got to be right. Even it's, even the lacing of your shoe, or yeah, totally, your sock, yeah. anything like well, that. I, I, and the thing over. is, is you're also you really if you know you have the odd people wanting to sponsor you as well, and then you know when you're a, a younger athlete, you kind of you'll take whatever you can get. Mm. Um, but then you know, I remember getting some shoes from a brand, and um, I didn't. I, I, they made me my feet burn, <laughs> and um, but I was had to go. I was in Germany, and I had to wear these shoes, and I, and I really didn't want to. I didn't want to wear them because it was no, like you, you know, it really, oh it's really, it's really. And shoes can look things. the same, but they could be cut slightly differently. Achilles could oh, be like digging. Your shoes are no, shoes everything. and socks are everything. I mean, it's like with horses, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like you don't have a horse. You know, a ho no you roof, no horse. No yeah. roof, <laughs> no horse. Yeah. It's like the same. Yeah. It's like the same yeah. thing. So we were just talking. Yeah. about farriers and the importance yeah. of farriers yeah. they are so are so mm. important for the horses because yeah. literally without them um, no, you've, no, got, no you've got no horse literally same for us. The, the most intrinsic so, part of the horse yeah. to keep it upright on its legs <laughs> is the feet and, and you and know people don't yeah. realize it no, and, uh, i mean i got stressed right i got hideous injuries by wearing um, a brand when the, their cushioning system was mm. so hard in comparison mm. and when you're doing that many i mean i wasn't doing anywhere no. near as many miles as you so my i was much shorter distance mm. but quick but, but quick yeah. so the intensity was you know the impact's and, high then oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. So I ran, I, I was so high on my toes mm. and supinated, quite horrendous. So mm. the outside of my lower legs are pretty much shot. Mm. Um, and um, just because the system of these trainers were different to what I was used to, Oh my God! But on the repetition that you're doing and the yeah. impact you're putting down, it makes a huge difference. But now we go back to our beautiful veganism. When you think about it, I've been doing it for like I've run marathons year in year out, same time, same for 20 years. I've, as I say, and I've just been recovering like that. Right, better go and do this one in the Sahara. I mean, that's, that's it. When I've spoken to all the guys we know, all the top athletes, mm. you know, some we won't mention because they <laughs> change their paths slightly. Mm. But the, the athletes that I do talk to, especially mm. at VegFest yeah. and there's Patrick, you know, mm. and all, all the guys, they all say when they've gone vegan, their recovery has been a lot faster and yeah. a lot easier. When they first said that to me, I was like, recovery? What's the matter with the ill? Yeah. I didn't even know <laughs> yeah. what yeah. it yeah. was. But, yeah. mm. you know, but the thing is, is you've felt that all the time, Fiona, because... Yeah. You know, you yeah, I mean, and that's probably the kind years. of difference with my message to mm. most people's. Um, then people are kind of saying, yo, you might be all right now, but what are you going to be like in the future? Yeah, Your recovery yeah. might not be so great in later life. Well, I've been like 45 <laughs> years and I'm still recovering. I'm still going out there You're and still doing it. You're buzzing. And yeah. I think, you know, it is a little bit frustrating maybe with some of the newer vegans, bless them. You know, yeah. it's wonderful. I'm really mm. pleased when 
anyone jumps on our any bandwagon promotion any form of vegan promotion is a yeah. win for the animals and I think yeah. that's what everybody has to remember and there are lots of different ways of doing it. you're yeah. never going to get one thing that's voluntary that everyone does so some people are gonna uh, you know like running some people are not there's nothing that unifies the whole of the global population so what triggers one somebody likes jazz somebody likes rock yeah. somebody likes pop there's not going to be one way to get to people and encourage them to go vegan but there's one message yeah there's one message at there's the end one of it. message and there's one outcome and that is there's so many different ways to yeah. get to get that message out there and there are so many different platforms to do it but there is one fundamental issue and that's the and end. that is the yeah. end yeah. and that is the animals suffer yeah. no matter what yeah. and when we say suffer we mean suffer you know we can hide out we can we can dig up put our head in the sand and imagine mm. that it's all humane and the red tractor means mm. this and whatever it doesn't I mean, one, thing I, one, one thing. thing I would like to say is last night, it was brutally hot, yeah. here, wasn't it? I mean, okay, we know it's hotter in other countries, but for here, it was very, very hot. And I swear, I laid in my bed last night and I thought, think of the chicken shed, think of the farrowing crate, well, think of the transport lorries. I don't know whether yeah. anybody, well, well, there were actually quite mm. a few, I got, but yesterday on my social media, I, I was a little bit over the top yesterday mm. because that's all I could think mm. of all day long yeah. and then I got a little bee in my bonnet about lunchtime mm. and I was thinking because I was sick and tired of listening to the news and watching mm. on television about mm. how people on trains were suffering mm. and, uh, and about how people are suffering in offices and I was like thinking and that's mm. news hang on a second I was like thinking come on somebody get on the radio right now I was thinking can somebody get on any radio station now and get on there and let's talk about wherever you are if you're in your car have a look around on the motorway mm because I saw them today when I was driving mm. here. Have a look. There will be a, a livestock. The Lorry. fact that they're even called livestock. It, yeah. There will be a livestock transporter stuck in traffic somewhere. Those animals will still be moved. There was no ban in place yesterday. Okay? Mm. So the animals were still being moved around. How many? I mean, I read, I don't have a statistic for here in the UK, but I got one for abroad. I think there was something like um, in the Netherlands, it was reported 4,000, something like 4,266 animals were killed mm. yesterday because of heat. Yeah, they will be, I mean, the chicken sheds, they will be digging yeah. them out so in the chicken shed. But what, what mm. gets to me is, is there's police prosecutions threats for people who leave dogs in hot cars. Uh -huh. And they will actually send the emergency services out, quite rightly, to get those dogs out. Yet the police protect those who perpetrate crimes against animals that are locked away behind closed doors. Yeah. And what we need to do, as all of our vegans, is we encourage them, the most important thing, is to make the connection between those animals and the ones that we are told to, 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 that deserve rights. And that was, they, a, that was one of my points yesterday, was saying, you know, when something's really there in your face, um, you know, we, we have that instant connection. So, for example, if you see the dog in the car or we interact with dogs every single day, mm. then, then we, we tend to have that little bit more empathy with that dog because we've related to it. I think on one of my posts yesterday, I was saying, what do you think happens behind those grills mm. of a truck? And, and then, I, and then I posted a picture. I don't often, I try and mm. be a little bit like how you mm. were mentioning before about being positive. I try to be as positive as possible. I do not want to turn anybody off with my social media. I don't want to be posting anything too graphical, though I do think that 
that we have we have to know and therefore these messages have to be out there but if i want to get the most amount of, of traction possible to get your message out there i think do, I, I do believe that by being positive um, is probably the best way to try and interact with people however there is a time and a place that we have to see the the brutal reality so i did post one thing yesterday of some pigs up obviously absolutely gasping for breath because literally you imagine yesterday if you were outside mm. in the open air were you struggling for breath i had to abandon well, I know, one of my training I know what sessions we had yesterday to do. i know what we had to do with our pigs yeah. our pigs were actually hyperventilated yeah, now yeah, yeah, they're yeah, outdoors yeah. they're in shaded yeah. barns and they were actually hyperventilated yeah. the animals yesterday in my sheltered barns were struggling i mean you go out and you think people think a hot day i couldn't see a horse i've got 97 horses. couldn't see them they're all in the barns they were under shades yeah. they were literally desperate to get into the yeah. shade i mean and these are outdoors these are in a breeze the sanctuary is next to the sea they've got sea breeze on them it was brutally hot and they were standing sedentary quietly i mean imagine the terror and the yeah, panic there were and the still stress. livestock carriers yeah. with with Carry. animals shoved in there you know, body heat, etc. The amount of deaths yesterday. In I don't transport. think. I don't think we'll mm. ever. I. I mean, I've been in touch with Defra before. Oh, they won't I give you the I, I've been in touch with organisations before. It's so difficult to to they get any to kind of because they don't want because they don't want you to know because it's not in their interest for you to know the the realities. And as much as we fight, when we, you know, if you're going to try and deal with try and deal with something or you want to highlight an issue, you know, you've got to be very careful. You've got to try. You've got to get your facts right. You know, and I've been into. I've tried to get through the Freedom of Information Act. Mm. Tried to get information as well Can about actually about the transportation of of it was more to do with mm. um, the overbreeding of extra race horses and the amount of horses that ended up mm. going to to Europe. And even through the Freedom of Information Act, I found that pretty much nigh on impossible to get the information which we are actually legally entitled to but it's very difficult to get that so in an in 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 a situation where um, it really is not in their best interest at all to give us the figures of how many animals yesterday were killed in transport because they don't want us to know that. But why? We but are when never you think about know. it, why, why don't, don't they, they want you to exactly. know? I mean, let's be right. We know that animal agriculture is the blight of the planet. We know that if we got rid of animal agriculture, it would be the immediate fix to the world's problems. It wouldn't be the, pr the problem ended. It would buy us the time to actually address the way we live and start changing and changing for good. We know that. But you think, well, actually, we, we have worked with um, plant-based health professionals who were saying, even the British Medical Association now are encouraging GPs to say, we've got to encourage people to more plant-based living. But there's this resistance to take this on board. And it's almost like people are getting sick, they're getting ill, they're getting problems, they're getting all sorts of conditions that could be stopped just by addressing the diet. But then when you think about it, the diet is very linked with the medications that people are then taking. So my a simple message actually rather than having a medication to fix the problem why not have the problem at all absolutely why not develop that problem absolutely. at all and you know you look at the in instances of things you know like one of my G uh, gp friends told me that they uh, a few years ago type 2 diabetes was practically unheard of now they've got 600 patients and two nurses in their practice totally dedicated to dealing with it mm. that's, that's that's a lifestyle ridiculous. and that's, that's where lifestyle. the vegan I've that's where the vegan yeah, thing i've comes had in. a nurse say to me that um, it is completely preventable. Yeah. It is diet and it is mm. lifestyle. It's and I worry for the kids of today that are yeah. growing up with their 
I don't say fizzy pop and chocolate because yeah. that's what I brought in. Yeah. But, you know, that is... But it's the advantage of quantities of it is available. And I think that's yeah. another thing we must make yeah. clear about a vegan diet. There can be unhealthy vegan diets. Of course. Well. I mean, my, yeah. my yeah. vegan diet vegan. is... I mean, I have to admit mine is horrendous because mm. it just is. Mm. I, I'm all about convenience and I don't like cooking. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I, I... How does she do it? I just... But the thing is, I mean, it's a quantity as well. There's no bad food. You can just have the wrong quantity of it. You know? I managed to, I can find the bad food. Bad food's be hard. Well, I'm a mixture of both. I'm like a junk food vegan and a health vegan. Yeah, I started yeah. with my junk food smoothie. vegan. But don't you think so it's about good. It's balance. Oh, it's balance. It's but just it balance. But we're not very good yeah. as a nation. We're not very good at balancing no. anything. And again, mm. this comes down to something, an area of veganism that I believe that I think is one of the issues is we believe we are, we have this sense, we're going through a phase where we feel like we have this sense of entitlement. Oh, we are in, yeah. we are entitled to Absolutely. this. We should have this. Do you know what? Yes. We're not. We're genuinely yes. not. You know. Um, but this is the millennials. Yeah, this but I, I always say, I've heard of the age of enlightenment, but we seem to yeah. be entering the age of entitlement and they just... Oh, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah. with it, the yeah. thing is, that's another thing, that we're, we're going to talk about the fundraising for both the sanctuaries, mm. because that's the pivotal thing. Yeah. To do good generally costs money. I think you'll agree. We don't want, personally, people's money, but the animals and to do the work they we need do. to do, that needs need money. It. And to give people an idea, like with horses, they're terribly expensive. Yeah. I mean, so you might have a vet's bill if you get something, goodness forbid, something like a colic, you'd be talking about £5,000 for one operation for a horse. It's hugely, hugely expensive. Social media is very important. I think I've probably fallen down a little bit on social media because I insist on telling the truth on there. And, and I think it's all... A, I've got very, very great concerns. I don't have children of my own, but I do have concerns for future generations that have been sucked into this false reality of kind of manipulated photographs, you know, uh, you know, kind of, hi, I've just done 10, 800 metre pushers and I look so glamorous. You don't look glamorous when you've done 10, 800 metre pushers. You really don't, you know what I mean? So, and and they're, they're being sucked into this unattainable Attainability. And mm. it saddens me to hear that, you know, yeah. youngsters are taking their own lives. Oh, don't. It's, yeah, it's no. just so dreadful. It's so when I put things on there, yeah. I put real things on there. This is how you really look when you've done it. Yeah. This is the, about the reality. And the reality of rescue yeah. is extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. That's where, for me, um, obviously, uh, we were pinning our hopes on, on various things that haven't come to fruition. Um, so it's all about the social media reach. I probably spent my life doing and achieving and now when I've just got there I've found that the whole world's gone in another direction know, and it's all it's about so yeah but how many followers have you got like well I haven't got enough time because I've been too busy actually yeah. mucking out the 97 horses and the cattle and we've got one calf that's very poorly at the moment we're hand rearing five calves and we've got like 130 pigs and like all the sheep and it's really intense at this time of the year because obviously you're checking them I mean we were back to the live transport situation and the overheating animals overheat even, I mean, you've got to make sure that you've got nobody downed in a field and they can't get up and they're cast and then they're literally frying. We've got, it's really, really intense. So it's a full-on life-consuming effort well, to yes, do and this I, I want to hear more about the sanctuaries, both mm. the charity and the, the sanctuary mm. as well. I think we're going to play a little bit more music and then I want to come back and find out more because something magical happened recently mm. but through something really quite heartbreaking mm. um, because you put out a post and I'm not going to talk about it right now. We're going to play a track 
but you put out a post after what 20 odd years mm. you may have to close and we are looking at five hundred animals hundred horses mm. you know we're not looking this is a huge deal some good has come but we need more mm. yeah we'll go to some music and then i want to find out does that sound like a good plan of action sounds like a plan well we need a cup of tea my lovely listener mm. maybe you do too or a nice glass of organic vegan red wine still going to chuck in a little bit of the old school club classics then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more to annie Connolly and the wonderful fiona oaks Show me 
a little bit subtly there you listen to me Karen Ridges here on the House of Fun I am loving the show and I know you are as well because I'm getting wonderful feedback if you can tweet me find me on Twitter phoenixfm.com thank you for the messages I will try to read out as many as I can um, let's have a look if I just click here Sherry Warwick says wonderful women thank you very much Andrea Harvey lovely Andrea based over here in Essex who runs a vegan hair and beauty salon um, and she says I've not been to the sanctuary but I've heard so many great things from my clients sending all of our hopes and best wishes for Fiona and Annie too perhaps um, I should go over there I've never had my I hair think, caught oh Fiona <laughs> she said she'd love to put a charity box on her reception desk for you Earth Vegan Hair and Beauty in South End. Mm. Um, which is lovely. Annie, look, we, we mm. are chatting all night. You <laughs> both have to promise me you're going to come back in. And we will just start at one minute past <laughs> six, I think, and then probably not play any music at all. But, um, Annie, I want to yeah. know how your charity's going. I know, you know, you've spoken about it before. Remind us of what it's called and how people can get in contact with you and give you some support. So it's Cherry Horse Welfare International and um, it's in the process of becoming an official charity um, but it's running at, at the moment sort of as a foundation so we're working with um, we've hooked up with a charity over in Romania called Save the Dogs and other and All Other Animals um, and so we helped uh, to fund their outreach programme so they have an, an area of the charity um, which is called the Footprints of Joy and that's where they rescue the horses and they've got a, an amazing donkey part section as well but um, and uh, somebody else helps to, to support that. Um, so basically, it's an outreach program where you have to remember the horses over there are, worth, are then worth nothing. So um, it's much cheaper for them to discard them when they're no longer any good, any use, and that's um, and then go and get another one. So veterinary care just is not that it's that they don't do it. So we go and we build relationships with the with the communities and and help to basically just offer. F- 
free veterinary care, so feet, mouth, um, teeth, help with the equipment to make the equipment slightly better, and also feeding them as well, because a lot of the times they actually don't even get fed. Some of the animals, they don't ever get any of the equipment taken off their bodies, so so they'll do their full day's work, and then they'll be left with their carts or whatever on them, and then, you know, then they go out the following day to, to work, and so the sores on their backs, on their necks, and their legs, it's pretty horrific. And the equipment's not fit for those horses. And if anybody's got horses over here, you'll know how fastidious we are about tack and how it fits you. And so that, it, you know, over there, it's literally, that just doesn't matter. Um, it's a completely so different huge, ethic in these yeah. countries. I mean, a it lot is of the time it's through education. So yeah. it, I think it's it is. We're not saying people were bad. No, I mean, anything. I mean, this no, no. is a this is a subject for another time because yeah. it's it's very complex, and I understand it. Mm. So it is basically going over there. We do not judge because there's actually nothing to judge. Yeah. These are people that yeah. are living in serious poverty who are struggling to feed their own families, um, who don't have that connection with the horses or with the animals that we mm. do. They, they just simply don't. That's that They are there to work the land. They're there as modes of transport. Mm. They don't have that connection. And life for them is, is difficult enough. You know, obviously, if, if they were going into their beautiful homes mm. with their amazing, beautiful meals and they were living in in you know luxury and they were treating their horses like that then of course mm. you'd be like okay come on what's mm. going on here but that's not the case and the cases that i've seen when i've been over in romania it was a real eye-opener the way that these people live and therefore no there's no judging it's simply we will help you take care of your horses mm. those horses are vital for them and how they live um and we will give you we no judging build relationships and we'll go in there and we'll help the horses i love that we put mm. the link as well yes, to please. your details on yes, the listen please. again then canny yeah um i want to talk to fiona and we probably i don't know how it's got mm. it took us two mm. hours mm. to talk about the fundraising but mm. before we do that our mutual friend peter yeah um tell us his latest news and of course we we want him back on yeah as well to yeah. talk about the event and everything but yeah tell us that would Peter's be great if 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 we could get if you could get peter mayor back on um so peter um i've just been helping him with an event that he's got um that's happening on um october the 12th um of this year at the royal geographical um set society, society yeah. in london um and basically um it's to it's the premiere of his documentary which is obviously about his book of his life the boy from the wild um obviously he want he's also going to be announcing his new charity um but we've had some amazing news this week that with some people who he's gonna be having there on the night um presenting and it's somebody so instrumental in terms of rhino conservation and um, save and, and saving rhinos, um, it's a huge, huge deal for for him um, that um, that Les is there. And so, um, for us, that's that's a really big thing. And I think um, you know, for anybody that's interested in conservation, wildlife, the perils obviously out in Africa, and how we're going to attempt to help save our wildlife to be part of this night i think um you want you want to be there so Absolutely. um if there's anybody interested or anybody that wants to know anything any more wants to be able to help in any way 
regarding wildlife, then being there at this event, there's going to be some really interesting instrumental people there. So if you go onto Peter Mayer's Facebook page or Instagram, then there will be an, a link there, Eventbrite link, um, to get tickets for the night. And um, I'm pretty pretty excited for it because you know me Karen it's I like know. if there's, if there's <laughs> anything good that's going to come for anything and it's then you know I'm, I'm totally behind him which is why I'm you know support, really supporting him with this because yeah. his concept for his charity is brilliant that's so, he's a great yeah, guy he, is, he deserves yeah. it he walks the talk Peter Mayer you know love you to pieces yeah looking forward to doing more fingers and toes crossed uh, the boy from the wild mm-hmm. go and have a google we'll put a link to yeah. that and he's got to come back in although the last time he come back in I literally cried my makeup <laughs> off with laughter yeah it was. <laughs> we had an absolute giggle Fiona Oaks you blow me away I love you to pieces you are an inspiration to so many people across the world. Mm. We've had fun tonight. We've talked about we've talked about lots of, of you know really interesting bits about the, the, the marathon running, the world record breaking. Um, but you know, I saw a post on the social media, and I don't know why we're mm. talking about it with minutes mm. to go before the House of Fun comes to an end this evening. Um, because you put out a post, Martin said, you know, that this could be the end of the animal sanctuary. Seriously, I mean, the, the well, it could be. I mean, what, what? But, I mean, people, you've had an incredible response. You are so loved. Yeah, I mean, it's been wonderful, the response to the sanctuary. I mean, it really has made a great deal of difference, just physically and mentally. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm completely broken. You know, when, you, when you've got this many lives depending on you, don't forget I've got 650 animals in Russia that need me as well, dogs and cats. So there's, you know, about 1,100, 1,200 animals and many more around the world, many other projects that I try to help, all depending on me getting out there and doing it. And I can't... Um, you can't sustain it without... Um, income and if the you, you the way to get the income now is through the social media and um, we don't get the social media we don't pay for anything i mean that's one important thing about my my sanctuary we don't take anything out of it we put everything we've got into it we were, we were i remember being at the house of lords collecting an award and somebody from a large charity came over to me and said you know um okay how do you fund all this and i'm going into things like martin's salary my pension um, pension my firefighting salary as a retained firefighter and his jaws dropping to the floor and said well, you put your own money in. And I goes, of course I do. I couldn't possibly accept anybody else's if I didn't put my own in. And he walked away and just said, I think you're crazy. Mm. And, um, yeah, and, and it's like, what you put... Of course, you, you, if it's a passion, it, it's everything to you. It, it really is. It's my life. Animals have been saving animals, doing what I can for this planet in the hopes that when I leave it, and that could be on the way home tonight, I leave it a tiny little bit better than when I came into it. Perhaps. I don't know. But I think the important message is, uh, for me... Um, we should join together as a community and all unite. Um, there are lots of ways. Um, the, the main important thing is, if we are not careful, the planet is frying in a kind of furnace of fuel-filled greed, and we must address that. For me, the best way to address it is through animal agriculture. Being respectful to the animals then knocks on to humanity and the planet. It's a natural progression. And you know what? I saw that at six years old and I've been fighting for that for 45 years. And it is demoralising for them to people say, but I've never heard of you. Because I'm not seeking fame for myself on social media. But mm. obviously, I do have to put out to truthful and loyal supporters that it is a crisis point if we cannot generate more funds immediately 
and then to sustain that obviously if the message gets out there about what the sanctuary does and what I do then hopefully it might generate more in the long term. Fiona you utterly inspire me both of you have been brilliant I, I, can you tell me where two hours I can't believe really you know it's just incredible you've got so much passion and drive both of you I know it's going to be a success for you Annie what you're doing and I just wish there was I don't know what we can do I mean you're still looking for support aren't you we need some millionaire backers we need some millionaires to step it up also (laughs) mega social media people to press little buttons and encourage people to to go and check out to to support because everyone can support both of you but I mean I know at the moment Tower Hill you know you you do need the funds coming in Mm. and even if somebody can spend a pound a month or every penny goes to the animals direct it doesn't go anywhere else it goes directly to those who need it most so if my listener wants to donate now and thinks well I haven't got a lot of money a pound 50p anything helps everything anything and everything if we had a million people supporting, a hundred thousand yeah. people just yeah. giving that little bit each yeah. of money. But each very thing. often, the things that are promoted get the interest. Mm. You know, the ones that are pushed get the interest. And if you haven't got anybody pushing it, you haven't got anybody promoting it, it's difficult. It I think for people giving, I'll be really quick, mm. it's it's about they need to feel motivated yeah. to do something. And the most of us will put our hands in our pockets or we'll physically do something or change our lifestyle. So, for example, we will take on the vegan lifestyle mm. or mm. we will give. If we think that we're making a difference, if you don't, think that you're going to make a difference you don't often Mm. unless you're in it the way we are you don't often have that motivation to do that everybody must realize every single thing we do makes a huge difference because collectively of course we make a difference the amount of animals will be the amount of animals Mm. that are slaughtered and are suffering is because collectively we don't we all have yeah we all eat so many animals it's the same the other way around if we then or stop but there's not one single message that's going to make everyone connect so that's why there needs to be loads of different messages from loads of different role models and people in society hitting there's a place for everybody yeah there's a place for everybody and if one person if one vegan or one activist way of getting their message out there is different to somebody else don't vilify them it's not wrong applaud them because they're going to have a different reach to you Mm -hmm. and it's really important Mm. you know whether or not you're classed as militant Mm. or whether you are whatever it is however you do it yeah yeah, it's great Yeah. yeah Thank you for being absolutely brilliant. <laughs> we could talk all night, my lovely listener. I'm sure that you feel like going to get a nice glass of wine. And hopefully <laughs> this has given you some food for thought directly. The Listen Again links will be on phoenixfm.com. Please go and um, Google and give some love to both of my wonderful guests and especially Fiona Oaks, who has come in. Um, you know, a wonderful pill, a pill has been put out and I think about £20,000 has been raised in just a matter of days. Um, but we still need more to support the 500 animals um but thank you for tuning in listen to me karen ridges here on the house of fun i'll see you this time next week love you lots bye bye
can I kick it? To all the people who can quest like a tribe does Before this, did you really know what I was? Comprehend to the track force, why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe was Rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz Wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug If you feel the urge to freak, do the jitterbug Come and spread your arms if you really need a hug Afrocentric living is a big shrug A life filled with, that's what I love A lower plateau is what we're above If you diss us, we won't even think of We'll nip up a dog and give a big shove This rhythm really fits like a snug glove Like a box of positives, it's a plus love As the trial flies high like a dove Follow us for the funky behavior Make a note on the rhythm we gave you 